And while we're getting carried away, Joe, Jason Knight reminds me a little bit of young Roy Keane. But while we're in full buzz at the moment, I think I'll just throw that in there and, and heap unnecessary pressure on the show. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. The Football Show on Off The Ball with Sky. Watch every UEFA Champions League and Europa League match live on BT Sport this season. I prepare to end this and I can't. Do it then. Do it then. What about your start to the game? I was, it wasn't bad, was it? <laughs> Why should be an honest answer be a mistake? How can a modern day manager not have a mobile phone? Why should he? Oh. All right, it's Thursday's football show, and John Giles is with us on the football show today. How are you keeping, John? Okay, Nathan. Moseying uh, so, along. Uh, <laughs> uh, a week is a long time in Manchester United, it turns out. So this night last week, uh, we were talking to you, and all I got to Solskjaer was still in the job, a 4-1 defeat to Watford. He's fired on Sunday. Michael Carrick comes in as the initial interim manager, gets the victory over Villarreal to send him through to the knockout stages of the Champions League. And now here we are today, Thursday, with Ralph Rangnick, it seems, going to be the interim manager until the end of the season. What have you made of the last five, six days at Old Trafford? Well, I think it's more than five or six days, uh, Nathan, leading up to this situation. It's a total mess. Uh, and it's been coming because, uh, you know, Solskjaer, I don't think, was ever the man for the job. And uh, he took the job on certain conditions. I think he was glad to get the job. And you finish up in the situation Manchester United have done, where I think the manager, and this is in Solskjaer's case, as they say, lost the dressing room, Nathan. I don't think he had any power over the players. I think they lost confidence in him. And uh, when that happens, then the team have no chance. So you don't believe the messages that were coming out of the dressing room, the social media posts uh, thanking Ole Gunnar Solskjaer for his impact and the victory against Villarreal where Michael Carrick and the players are saying that was for Ole? Ah, that's nonsense. Uh, I mean, if, if he was that good, he, they wouldn't be saying that's for Ole. Ole, he'd be doing it himself. Uh, mm. You know, the, the, it's, it's, it's been a mess from day one. I don't think Solskjaer was ever the man for the job. But they, if, if you go back on it, I mean, Solskjaer is, is, seems a nice lad and he was a legend at Old Trafford. But that's years and years ago, uh, Nathan. So when they, they, they go for him as manager of Manchester United, and it's regard, certainly one of the biggest clubs in the world, he's working as a manager in Norway. He'd no proven record as a manager whatsoever. So my take on it is that they, they got him in because he was an individual who was delighted to get the job and would be basically do as he's told. I don't think he had any power in getting the players in that he wanted or getting the players out that he didn't want. I think he was just a coach uh, in a certain way. But the, the guys who were doing it, we don't know who they are, were in charge of the situation. I think they were always in charge of who's going out and who's coming in. And that's uh, 90% of the job, in my opinion, in, in, in management of a, of, of a team. Well, they do have the director of football now in John Murta, who seems to have a huge role in signings. And they made a big investment during the summer with Varane and Sancho and obviously Cristiano Ronaldo. And this last season, Manchester United finished second in the table. They got to Europa League final. Are you surprised, considering the signings they made and the progress that looked like they'd made last season, that it all fell apart so quickly for Solskjaer over the past four or six weeks? Well, I, th I think it's always likely to happen when the manager's not in charge of the situation, uh, Nathan, you know? Uh, 
like if, if you you said who, who's in charge, who's the director of football? John Murta. John Murta. Well, you know what, what's his role then? What does he actually do? Do you know? Well, I assume as a director of football that uh, he is significantly involved in transfers, in identifying players so that it's not totally reliant on just the manager making the decision. Well, exactly. So, actually, I think the manager wouldn't have any say in it. If you get a director of football doing that, I mean, and I think I might have said before in this program, Nathan, in my, in my experience in management, uh, Getting the players out that you don't want and getting the players in that you do want is 90% of the job. Because mm. all managers have a, 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 a dream, if that's the right word, or uh, that they, this is the type of players they want uh, in, in the club. You know, this is my team. This is the way I want my team to play. And the only way to fulfill that dream is to get the players in that you want and get the players out that you don't want. Now, if there's somebody else doing the job, which I believe there was somebody else doing that job at Old Trafford, I don't think Solskjaer was in charge of it. He might give his opinion, but he wouldn't have been in charge of it. Right? Mm. So now you're left with a team. And say, say the fellow says, the, the director of football says, right, we're going to get Joe Bloggs. And as manager, you say, no, I don't want him. I want Jim Bloggs. And he said, well, tough. That's, that, you, that, that's what you've signed on for. That's what we're going to do. And ultimately, what happens then in Solskjaer's case, or that manager's place, is that if it doesn't work, Nathan, he gets, he takes responsibility for it. Oh, that yeah. wasn't his choice. That's what happens. That's the lot of the modern manager, isn't this? Yeah, I think, I think when, when the manager, like in Ferguson's case, his brother was the scout, right? Mm. So he was in charge of the situation. I don't think there was a player came into Old Trafford, out Old Trafford, without Ferguson. And all the and, and indeed all the top managers, Nathan, have to be in control. It's the most most important situation in the club of getting rid of the players you don't want, getting the players in you do want. Now, if you've got a director of football, which I think whoever it was at Old Trafford, they were his choices, or the director's choices, or the owner's choices. They weren't Solskjaer's choice. But I think Solskjaer signed on for that when he was given the offer of job, he wasn't in a position, Nathan, uh, coaching or managing in Norway to take on the Manchester United job, where he'd be, he'd be well paid as well, to say, right, I'm taking it on, but these are the conditions I want. Mm. Uh, uh, you know what and I mean? what's happened? Uh, yeah, completely. And uh, yeah, he was a club legend, which is obviously the overriding reason why he ended up getting the Manchester United job. Just on what's happened since and the way Manchester United are going about appointing a replacement. Well, firstly, Michael Carrick uh, remaining at the club and taking charge against Villarreal. Paul Scholes was very strong that he felt that Carrick should have gone as well, that all the backroom staff should have gone as well, that they were as much a part of this as Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Would that be your sense that everybody should go, the entire coaching staff, or actually does having some continuity have benefits for Manchester United? No, I think if the, if the manager goes and he, he, he's actually appointed the, his team, well, I mm. think they have to go with him. Because if, they're, if he's influential in the team being in the position they're in, and he has his staff, they have to share the blame. Right? right? And, but I, I think what happens is if you got rid of all of them now, uh, then you'd have nobody to pick the team. 
you know yeah. I, mean? I think these I think if a new manager comes in there and I think what should happen ideally in a club well the right thing a new manager comes in with his team and the old team has to go yeah that's the way it works you know I mean? that's the way generally it works in yeah football because when you're picking your team Nathan you're usually very close to them and you're very mm. you, you, you trust them and you trust them what they do for the club right that's that's what happens you know you, you get your own men in and it's very, very uh, important that you have people in that you trust, that you've worked with before, and you know can do the job. It seemed quite clear, even in the hours after Solskjaer sacking, that Manchester United didn't have anybody lined up as a permanent replacement, that they were going to go with Carrick as an interim and then replace him with a longer-term interim who'll be there until the end of the season and then go after whoever it is, their number one target. We're all assuming it's Maurizio Pochettino. There was a sense over the last couple of days that maybe Pochettino could be tempted to leave Paris Saint-Germain even right now in the middle of the season and take on the Manchester United job. It now seems clear that that's not going to happen with the news today that Ralph Ragnick is going to come in until the end of the season. Is that the right thing for Manchester United to do, to bring in somebody of the experience and the calibre of Rangnick till the end of the season and wait to get Pochettino, if it is Pochettino, their number one target? They've no choice, Nathan. They've no choice but to do that. It's not the right thing. It's not good for the club. This is another interim manager coming in. And, and, and my experience in football and dressing room is with the managers. You have to believe that the manager's there forever. You play for the manager. You, ha- you have that uh, 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 situation with the managers, and he has with you. But if you're getting a guy coming in now uh, that's going to be only there till the end of the season, uh, you know, it takes away that, why am I playing for him? Now, this might sound to odd people who are, who are not, not in the game, but that's what happens in dressing rooms. It's like, he's, he's the interim manager, so he's going to be gone at the end of the season. So you're playing for the manager, Nathan. That, that role between the manager and the manager usually is, is uh, in the situation where, where Klopp is. He's in charge of the situation. There's no messing about. He doesn't take any prisoners. Neither does Guardiola or Tuchel, any of the top managers. They're in charge. So you're playing for them. You're playing for your life. You're playing for your living. But if you've got an interim manager coming in, then he's an interim manager. He's got, in other words, no matter what you do, he's going to be gone at the end of the season. So what it, what it shows, it's the mess that Manchester United have got themselves into, Nathan. And it's, it's very, very hard to solve the problems now. If there was a great manager available straight away, then, then you could understand it. But it, it looks like there isn't. I mean, Conte has gone to, to uh, Spurs. He's, he's, he's the one he's, I think they should have gone for. Uh, so who is the left? You've got Pochettino. Does Pochettino want to leave Paris Saint-Germain? Do they want him to go? Does he, do they not want him to go? At the moment, it looks like to me that they're, they're, if, if he's go, it's going to cost him a lot of money, but they don't want him to go. Mm. So they've no plan. They've no plan, Nathan. The only plan they have is to get an interim manager in to, and another interim manager in. It's a total mess, and this is this is what the, the situation they've got themselves into over the last three years. It, it, it does seem as though that Rangnick, while he's going to be interim manager till the end of the season, he's going to stay on as a consultant or have some role in the club for a couple of seasons after that. So maybe that changes the dynamic somewhat in the dressing room, that he's not going to be gone from the club completely in the summer? You know what I mean? If they're going to get a manager in, he's going to be in charge. They don't want an interim guy coming in telling him, you know, giving him his advice. But if, yeah. if and when the next, next manager comes in, Nathan, he should be picking his staff. 
He mm. should be picking the 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 the, 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 the sorry situation that this man is coming into. In other words, if the new manager coming in, he's he's got to take on board somebody he doesn't know and somebody he, he, he can't trust because he doesn't know him. He should be in a position that he's picking that man to say, he's my man, I can trust him and I can get on with the job from there. That's not going to happen. The way, the way, what, you, what you're saying there, he's going to come in as interim manager and then he's going to stay on in another role. Yeah, it'll be some sort of a consultant, yeah, some sort of role behind the scenes. Appointing him. <laughs> <laughs> he you might be appointing the new manager. He might be appointing the new manager. Well, that's it. You know, but, you know what, 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 what he, what's he got in the, in the role? I mean, if, if he's good enough to be the manager now, then he should be good enough to be the manager. Yeah. He shouldn't be, and, he shouldn't be picking the new manager. You know, wh- where does he come from? What does he know about the new manager? It's 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 a mess that's that's happened over a period of, of of time. It hasn't just happened now. I think it happened the day they went for for Solskjaer, uh, and and the conditions that Solskjaer was prepared to work under. It is going to be and fascinating. Eventually, it, it was going to catch up on him. In my opinion, yeah, so I don't think he was good uh, enough for the job. It is going to be fascinating to see how this develops over the next couple of days and what Ralph Ragnick has to say about his role because it does seem that. Manchester United had spoken to him before and maybe he wasn't happy with, as you say, the level of control he would have at the club. Likewise, Chelsea spoke to him before. Thomas Tuchel got the job. And again, maybe a similar situation there that what's changed that he's ready to take on this role now. And also, I guess, John, more importantly for Manchester United in the short term, what sort of impact he can have on this Manchester United team because his reputation is enormous. He is seen as sort of the godfather of these modern German coaches of Jurgen Klopp, of Thomas Tuchel, have been this huge influence with his Gagan press and the high press and the high-intensity style of football. When you look at that Manchester United team, can they play the style of football that Liverpool and Chelsea play? No. No, but if this fellow's coming in as, as the interim manager and he's that good, why don't they give him the job, Nathan? Maybe he doesn't have the interest in the day-to-day and, and he's that good at, at, at other people, uh, you know, other coaches copying his style. Why, why, why can't they give him the job on a permanent basis? Why is he going in as an interim? Because the players don't like interim, interim bosses, Nathan. They just don't mm. because they know, no matter what they play, what they do, this fellow's not going to be influential when it comes to new contracts or staying in the team or are they going to be out of the team or are they going to be in the team. And and, and 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 if he's going to be picking the next manager and he's that good, let him be the manager. That's why it's a mess. All the all the decisions they're making. I mean, it should be common sense. That's 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 what should happen now, and it's not. So now they've got an interim manager waiting to pick another manager. It's, it's it just doesn't make sense, Nathan. They were such a mess on Saturday against Watford. It was turned into a complete shambles uh, pretty much throughout the game, even when it was scoreless and then typified by Harry Maguire sending off. There seemed to be a complete lack of effort from a lot of players in midfield. That dressing room for anybody going in, is it is it unmanageable or does a strong manager go in there and have the ability to actually turn this around? Do you think the talent is there in that Manchester United dressing room to turn this around with still two-thirds of the season to go? Yeah, well, that's that's the problem they have. They're talking about inter-managers. Of course, any top manager coming in, a real manager, I mean, they've got a terrific loads of players, you know, uh, talented players, but they have to be controlled. You know, you have to have a manager in charge of the situation. I mean, I know from being in the dressing room myself, you've got an interim manager coming in, 
And you, you have to believe uh, when you get a new man, this guy is in charge. I've got to deal with my contract. He's going to be here forever. We're going to be forever. So we, we, we get on with the job. But if you know this guy is going to come in, and no matter what you do to impress him, he's going to be gone, gone in a few months. Yeah. It doesn't work. You know, you have to believe the manager's there forever. I'm playing for him. And, and it's like when uh, uh, Klopp came into the job at, 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 at Liverpool. There has to be a, a sense of, I, 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 I've got to play for this guy. And I'm a bit scared of him. You know, that, that's, that, that's where all the great managers over the years, whether it be, uh, go back to Alex Ferguson, they keep going back to Alex Ferguson. I mean, the players were terrified of Alex Ferguson. Mm. He was brilliant because what he did, this is what I want you to do. There's no mistake about it. Get on with it. Get out on the team. You, I'm the manager here. Get out and play. And he, and he put the young lads in, as we know, which was a brave decision to make. But Ferguson wasn't copying anybody. You see, when they put Solskjaer in, they said, we're going back to the Ferguson days. You know, this is what it was 20 years ago. You know, that was always complete nonsense. I mean, what's gone is gone, Nathan. You don't get another Ferguson. You know, Shankly was Shankly. Don Revy was Don Revy. Matt Busby was mm. Matt Busby. There's not two of them. And you can't copy them. You can learn from them, uh, which are, you can, and they can influence you in what, what they do and how they do it. But when it comes to management, it's, a, it, it's you, that's your personality, it's your, 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 your knowledge of football uh, that gets you the respect of a group of players. Because what happens in a, cl- a club when you're not going well? Say it's Manchester United there last week. I know from being in, in, in one or two poor dressing rooms, the centre-half is worried about because he's not getting enough cover. The wingers are not getting enough of the ball. And this happens in the dressing room and it destroys everything. Where a good manager will say, look, shut up. This is what we do. This is what I want you to do. Now get out there and do it. If you don't do it, you're going to be out of the club. That's mm. what managers do, good managers do. They have to terrify you a little bit, uh, <laughs> Nathan. Uh, all our football not football. I was able to do that, Nathan. I don't think he was. And getting no. interim managers, an interim manager is somebody that's not going to be there too long. That's the last thing players want. Uh, we might move on to just quickly a couple of the matches uh, just at All Our Football and Off The Balls with thanks to Sky it is an unmissable Super Sunday Chelsea Manchester United live only on Sky Sports uh, this Sunday and we'll be reacting to that next Thursday with John uh, on Mauricio Pochettino and that link John uh, there was a lot of surprises to the feeling that he might walk out in Paris Saint-Germain right now but then you watch Paris Saint-Germain against Manchester City last night and maybe it's not that surprising because Despite the talents of Neymar, Mbappe and Messi, they don't look like a team in any way. And they don't look like a team that can get the best out of those three players. It was, it was strange watching Messi and his performance last night. He, he almost looked disinterested. I thought it was sad, Nathan. I felt I felt a bit sad for him. I mean, why should why would I be feeling sad for Messi? He didn't look like he wanted to be there, Nathan. There was no enthusiasm about him. Uh, he looked like a lad to me that, ha- having left, you know, Barcelona, this is this is his home, or this was his home. He felt good there, and uh, and he, he feels like a, a lad who's in a, in a strange lad, in a strange team, which he is because uh, he was years and years in Barcelona, but he just didn't look like Messi. He just didn't. There was no enthusiasm there. He made a few, a few passes, but. Uh, I, 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 I felt well, I'm sure he's not bothered about me I felt a bit sad watching him last night Nathan. for such a great mm. player to, to, to be playing you know in the way that he did last night uh, 2-1 was probably the least that Manchester City deserved because they pretty much battered 
uh, Paris Saint-Germain for long periods of the game. City's performance in your assessment of it and where their strengths are at the moment? Well, I, I, yeah, I think they're very good. Nathan, I've watched them one or two other matches and they've, they've been very, very good in the way that they've approached the game. Uh, and the, 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 their, their main thing, first of all, they have a lot of talented players, Nathan. But uh, there's no doubt that Guardiola wants these players, when they don't have the ball, to work as ordinary players. As ordinary players have to work very hard to stay in the team. He wants to bring that mentality to top-class players. When they have the ball, you're going to be reduced to getting after them, getting after them, getting after them. And I think it's obviously 50% of their job. Actually, it's 50% of any team's job, Nathan. Like, there's two basic things in football. You have the ball, in my opinion, you're obliged to use it as constructively as you possibly can. And when you haven't got the ball, everybody's obliged to do their best to get it back. And that's basically what Manchester City do. They do well when they but when they haven't got the ball, Bernard Silva at the moment, brilliant, Bernardo Silva. Mm. You know, he's a talented lad. You see him working, working, all of them. I mean, they got Sterling back on last night, working, working, working. And with that talent and the work ethic, then you, you, so usually when you're playing against a team, not as good as yourself, United, the only problem you have is they're going to work harder than you. Right. But if you've got the talent like Manchester City and you're prepared to work as hard, if not harder than the opposition, now you've got a team. And that's what Manchester City do. Talented lads who are prepared to get after the ball when they haven't got it, which is the, they call it the, the, the ugly side of the game. Rodri scored a cracker at the weekend against Everton from distance, yeah. but he seemed to be in total control in the middle of midfield of that match against Paris Saint-Germain. What are your thoughts on, on his ability in that sort of the centre of absolutely everything that Manchester City do? Rodri? Yeah. He's talking, yeah, Rodri, um, I think he, should, he can do more on the ball, Nathan, than he does. I mean, he, he can't score. He doesn't manage score many goals like that. Well, not many people do. But I think he's mm. a bit of an A to B man. He gets on the ball, and there's so many players. I don't see him beating a player, going past the player, really opening it up. I don't see him making passes that you can say, God, that was a brilliant pass. He's okay on the ball, or maybe a bit more than okay. He's not going to give it away, but he's not going to do anything brilliant on the ball. The person that's doing that at the moment uh, for City is, is, is uh, Bernardo Silva. He's working hard, he's getting on the ball, he's beating players, he's making goals. Uh, a real midfield player. Rodri's okay, but I wouldn't be, yeah. mad, I wouldn't be mad about him, uh, Nathan, as, as a, a huge influence on, on winning matches for them. Bernardo Silva has that thing that you love in midfielders in that while he has the passing ability, he's not afraid to take on a player. No, he's 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 he's, uh, he's the best midfield player at the moment, I think, in in the Premiership. Uh, maybe because I mean he's he's playing for a new contract apparently, but uh, his attitude is terrific, and he can beat players as you, as we can see. You know, his control is brilliant. He's working hard. He get to get it back, and he's made made another goal last night. He's scoring a few goals himself. I think he's been outstanding in the Premiership this year. Arguably making more of an impact than De Bruyne. I know De Bruyne is out at the moment with COVID, but even in the few weeks that we've had in the season so far, Bernardo Silva's probably outshot him. Definitely. I, I, I think if De Bruyne had his attitude, Nathan, I think he'd be the best player in, midfield player in the world. I don't right. like De Bruyne's attitude. I think he's got an awful lot of ability, a lot of things he can do, but he sort of gets a bit huffy, you know, with his players around him and with himself. He gets his head down uh, and... You know, the, like the, the really, really top players that, that I've ever come across, played with or against, have the 
Bernardo Silva attitude. For the team, yeah. they're going to get on with it. They're not going to be so huffy and suffy. And I think Brian is now. But Brian is hugely talented lad. You know, I think he's more talented than, than Silva. If he had Silva's attitude, I think he'd be the best in the world. John, we got to leave it there. Great stuff as always. Chelsea against Manchester United it's live here and off the ball on Sunday. Uh, we'll talk to you next Thursday. God knows how many Manchester United managers we'll get through between now and then. But uh, great stuff as always. <laughs> yeah, maybe a few, Nathan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Talk to you soon, John. Okay, thanks, Nathan. Bye. Football on Off the Ball. With Sky. Don't miss Brentford versus Everton on Super Sunday. Live only on Sky Sports.